0: Thanks. Nice.
1: And as you can hear by the intro song, this is the Big Gold Belt Podcast. And this is episode 260. I am your host, Two James. And uh, I am here along with my lovely two gentlemen in Jamal the Giant Crab and Mr. Hill Will. Uh, fellas, how are you guys doing tonight?
2: Uh, pretty good. Uh, a little scatterbrained, but you know, it's, uh, it's Thursday. Let's get it done. <laughs>
3: no no doubt no doubt i think i managed to survive the flu coming through my house knock on wood so i am chalking this week up as a big gold star in that case <laughs> um you know quickly i knew i i we didn't kind of discuss this really fast but
1: guys what's your remarks on our uh on our uh dc defenders right now at a Ooh. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> as it seems that maybe the flu might have hit their record right now, but uh, quickly. yeah, they
3: they decided to go on the road and uh start playing like a DC football team, which they did <laughs> not need to do.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and overall too. But outside the record, what your guys feels about uh, XFL thus far? Now, still entertaining to you guys? Are you watching? What you thinking?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's still entertaining. I wish that all the games were on uh regular TV instead of cable. Yep. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. Obviously, the first you know, week or two, uh, there were a bunch of teams at the, at the top, and you know, the parity was a lot less. But, no, things are really shaken out. Things are looking a lot even. Uh, the referees have actually gotten it together. We haven't had too many blown calls or missed calls, and, you know, the replay is getting it right. I mean, honestly, the first the question, of course, with the XFL is whether or not it will be able to sustain – the short answer is unless the, the NFL will probably envelop it because there's too much risk for them uh, as as a, uh, a property not to notice it. Um, but right now it's getting the NXT treatment from the NFL. Like we see you, but we don't care. Yeah. Um, but until the XFL starts to court some big names out of college or out of high school. And maybe pointing up a little bit more money, which will come with better TV deals and such, Uh, pointing up a little bit more money when it comes to uh, getting these players, because there's only eight teams. Um, There's only X number of roster spots, you know, in the the, for the league, you know, 52, you know, for the league and, and stuff. So I think over time it's possible. It's likely that it will survive. But I also think they need to move the season to the spring instead of the dead of winter. Um, I don't care who's playing. I'm not sitting outside in the middle of February.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, easily the model was to make the game faster. Um, they have completely successfully uh, done that thus far. Uh, watching games are not dreadful. So yeah, plus there also tickets are still staying around the same prices for our DC Defenders. Also, you can get a photo op opportunity, which I think is cool. Twenty dollars to get you a pre—I think a-, a pre-photo and. Uh, either a halftime or uh, either way, it's an on field photo opportunity you get with the mission of your of your um of uh, your ticket. So uh, still pretty cool, and they're trying different things, getting fans involved. i I love seeing the merch around as well. but overall, still for what's this? Uh, four weeks in, I think?
3: yeah, Did this I... will be a uh, week five. yeah, week five oh, coming yeah, up. week
2: yeah. starts tomorrow.
3: yeah, yep, yeah, so still. we're we're totally at the halfway point. And I would say the biggest takeaway to me, Is compared to the first go around of the XFL by week five, by that midway point, the bottom had fallen out before Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it does not feel like the bottom has fallen out this time around. So that's a huge difference. And I think like just like Jamal was saying, I think they're going to be fine. They're going to they're going to they're going to make it. They got room to grow, but they're by no means dead in the water. So yeah. I think that's what we're seeing right now is probably the best case scenario they had for this first season. So I think what, what the they XF need to F. do.
2: What they need to do right now, uh and as they go into the first off season, uh regardless of who the championship uh championship winner is and whatever that means is they need young stars. Mm-hmm. Not NFL journeymen, not you know, uh Guys that could have made it or college bust or eighth round, 16th round draft picks and stuff like that. Um, they, need, they need stars now. And they need, yeah, to, I mean, like, they need to raid the CFL, get some of them Canadian boys back uh, south of the border. They need to you know, pick apart the lower tier of the uh, NFL's roster. And they need a team in the XFL that is as good as the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> well look well, well here's the thing we we do know that
1: all of us fans um either af- athletes just regular daily consumers we that's a, a skepticism with the xfl four weeks in, i think we're still buying it i think now people are it's gonna it will take one major star to make a trail of them follow i think if they sustain with their model this year period they will absolutely draw interest from people because I could imagine there will be somebody in this draft who goes undrafted who says, I'd rather be a starter right now in the XFL than to be sitting on a bench and never sniffing an opportunity of getting on the field. And it, it, it may be a big risk for some people, but some people just have that true competitive blood to say, I cannot sit. And I think that's going to be the the biggest like turn of the wrench of seeing potential stars fluently realizing that there's a second option for them instead of going deep in the uh, NFL draft and never getting a chance. And quite frankly, anybody that does go in the draft period um, has a little bit of stardom on them and and in the combine works for NFL NFL uh, scouts. If there's opportunity where XFL scouts are able to even see that as well, I mean, it just really changes the game. I have no clue how that may happen. But nonetheless, uh, it, it's right now, especially with the combine and stuff happening, I can definitely see some really interesting things coming about. So I definitely look forward to seeing um, that major star, that major really like, oh, my God, mom, I well, can't that, not person make be that decision. It's a person to that you know yet. Excuse me? It's
2: not going to be a person that you know oh, yet. Yeah, this not is- at all. This is, a, cool. this is the time where the NFL is Duke and, and the XFL is like the College of Charleston. Both of them could make the tournament, but one is Duke and the other is the College of Charleston. So you, no matter what, you're going to try to go with the biggest market. And even if they, uh, you know, if a person is a sixth round draft pick, a punter or whatever the hell, he's going to want to play for Cleveland or Jacksonville or, you know, somebody, um, Arizona. Than any XFL team any day of the week because yeah. it's Arizona and the, and the salary benefits that go with playing in the NFL.
1: Like VCU, for instance. VCU was a nobody 10 years ago. They went to the tournament and wreaked havoc. And uh, I think I believe, I believe the coach was shocking smart at the time. But the hell, right after that run that they had in the tournament, their recruitment went crazy.
2: And then it right. was there every year.
1: So it was like you, you, you expect that. So yeah, definitely, right. definitely mirror. Your, your also,
2: the, I think the biggest thing though, the absolute biggest thing is they need to get out of football stadiums. They need to play. <laughs> it's
1: still so weird to me. That is the weirdest thing to me, honestly. No, I mean, <laughs> it is
2: because like, regardless of whatever the weather is, you really can't account for the weather. But you know, luckily we're well, not luckily because you know, global warming yeah. is real. But it's been a warm winter, so New York in in late February, early March, is not the best of weather. Um, Nobody should play outside in that weather, unless it's a hockey
1: game. (laughs) And to be clear, anybody that's listening, when we're saying getting out of football stadiums, I mean, these small XFL markets are playing in NFL stadiums, and the aesthetics and everything is just way off. No, no, (laughs) no.
2: These these, um, XFL fans, these unproven... Um, untested XFL teams are playing in major markets um, and St. Louis. And they are uh, in playing in uh, football stadiums that dwarf their max capacity. Yeah. God bless those fans in St. Louis. And they are ready to go. It's a Sea of Blue. Uh, you know, that that type of optics makes me want to get into and jump on that bandwagon. Same thing as Seattle. The team is, not, is okay at best but the fans in Seattle are still bringing it. So they need those optics because when I see Audi field half full, because it's going to be, you know, 30 and with a uh, 20 mile an hour winds, I, it, I don't like it, but I understand it. Um, so I, I do think that they need to play in the soccer stadiums or, or a baseball stadium or a college uh, stadium or something. But then again, I- yeah, go ahead, Will.
3: I, ideally, they should be in MLS stadiums or in like, you know, like I said, like a college level stadium, like 10,000 seaters to maybe 15 Audi fields, 20. And they Lord knows they got close to filling that up the first week. And I'm really curious to see after the last two weeks of defenders games, uh, what the turnout is this weekend <laughs> for their return home. That's going to be interesting. But yeah, ideally, they need to be in like those mid size venues. So it just doesn't have that that visual look of half the place is just empty seats. And then the bottom half is scattered all over yeah. the place with like kind of the end zones covered and the middle half empty. It's just yeah. that thing. That's something they got to work on.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it does come down to pricing. I mean, if somebody said, Hey, here's a professional football game for 25 to $30. Okay, cool. Here's that same thing for $90 in the club seats. I'm less inclined to buy it. Uh, DC has a home game tomorrow. I believe. Uh, not tomorrow. I'm sorry. That's Friday. We have home game uh, Sunday, I believe, and depending on what the weather is, is the like will determine the likelihood of me going um, because it's March, and it's either it could be sunny and cold, or it could be cloudy and warm, or it could be a mix of both and rain. So I don't want to sit outside two, uh, for two and a half hours, three hours, in March weather here. Um, And that just, you know, is what it is. But then again, you kind of limit yourself because Boston's probably not going to get a team. Um, You know, Detroit's probably not going to Chicago. Probably should have a team. Uh, They're not going to get a team because who the hell is going to go to Chicago to play in February and March? That's insane. So uh, Denver's not going to get a team because of the same weather reasons. So still, uh, I think they need the Ring of Honor treatment. Uh, Just start small. Uh you don't have to sell out an NFL stadium. You know, just just give me 15, 20,000, 25,000 and then move on. And but after this this season so far, it's been a success so far. And I'm really yeah, I'm looking forward to the end of the season.
1: Yeah. So anyway, let's uh let's uh get into our wrestling topics and discussions for the week. This is an
2: XFL podcast. <laughs> you know
1: actually uh, there's got to be some guys doing it out there I wouldn't mind listening to that just to hear how other people's are really perceiving the sport because uh, I'm pretty sure there's people that's being like super overly critical for no reason about it but as I said for four weeks in i uh, going into week five um, I'm digging it it's definitely, it's definitely doing what it needs to do but look let's talk about something really quick before we actually deep dive into our main topics for the now <laughs> now for for our we know it's WrestleMania weekend, and anybody that really don't really understand what does that mean, WrestleMania we'll that. is you know it's the when when we say WrestleMania weekend, whatever city is hosting WrestleMania, all wrestling promotions, whether it's your ABC top shows and every independent show, period, whether it be an American, international, whatever it may be everyone gravitates towards that city for that entire week to try to run a show and put on the best show they can uh really shuffling the shuffling the cars because the available talent is all within the area so wrestlemania weekend is not just wwe properties but just an abundance of shows all over so this means fans get an opportunity to see people they may have never got to see um this means that Talent probably get to work people they never got to work before be part of a promotion or work a show or style a stylist show that they never get to work for. It gets absolutely crazy. And I can't emphasize enough as much as I'm talking about this being wrestling stuff. Other crazy stuff happens as well, too. I mean, from uh, from promotions running shows without rings <laughs> for, <laughs> <laughs> you know, from people running continuous all day shows, shows starting at 12 o'clock at night. I mean, it, it just gets all type, whatever you can think of, it typically happens. But one particular show that has traditionally been the same for the last four years has been Joey Janela's Spring Break. And although Joey Janela signed to AEW, um, he's still running that thing um, in conjunction with uh, GCW, the collective brand. So, in this week's news of everybody uh, in their feelings, now, If you have seen this viral video that's been going around of these guys, and this is not their first video, but the last one definitely was the icing on the cake. And these guys, and I wish I knew their names, but right now I think they're being branded as the Walmart dudes and good for them. Also, I'm pretty sure Walmart's not going to be happy about this at some point, but whatever it may be, (laughs) um, good for them. Because these guys are living their best childhood dreams in Walmart, in the aisles, away from their parents. Um, and doing all types of wrestling maneuvers. And when I say away from their parents, because clearly when I was younger, you, you all you had to do was go one hour over to try to do something bad so your parents couldn't see. But they're doing this on a whole nother level because they're legit putting on spots within Walmart. And the last one they did, uh they did the um oh my god, what's the name of the move? That's that um what's the name of the move, Will?
3: Which one? Which one? The one that really blew up when they did the Spanish Fly off the counter into like the sofa? Nah, (laughs) that's the one that. That's the first one I saw. It seemed to get. Nah, um, (laughs) uh, uh, they they just did a Panama
1: Sunrise off, uh, off of one of the shelves onto a table. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's
1: it's it's banana. So you know, if you get a chance, it's all it's going all through all the wrestling communities. But definitely want to you you know if you want to know what we're talking about, definitely search it out. However. These guys not only have went continuously went viral about this. They have landed them a spot on George Janela's Spring Break Four, and people are in their feelings about it because I, why? I guess. <laughs> so anyway, George Janela tweeted, said, "I sat here trying to find a caption for this for about thirty minutes, and I came up with nothing." enjoy we have absolutely lost our fucking minds and he also tweeted us at a walmart location if you notice that too which is absolutely hilarious as it is but hashtag jjsb forever so guys knowing what we know about this and everything i said quickly what is your reaction to the idea of these guys going from a viral sensation to landing a, a, a really a prominent spot on a WrestleMania uh, WrestleMania weekend uh, indie show.
3: I'll jump in first on this. Now, the assumption is, it hasn't outright been said by Joey Janela, but the assumption is that these guys will be part of the clusterfuck battle royal that he runs every year, where just anybody and everybody can turn up in that thing. So, assuming that's what they're doing, that really, to me, is not any huge or big deal. It's just going to mean they're going to come in or do some spots or hang out for a bit. Eventually, they'll get eliminated. You know, it's not... I don't think they're going to go so far as to have these guys have a match on the show. If they go that far, that would be pretty damn surprising. But who knows? I'm assuming they're part of the Battle Royal. That said, the various people that are upset, including actual other talent that are upset about this there's a there was definitely some sentiment going around that these guys aren't trained or they did not spend enough time uh being trained or you know they're not deserving of the spot it's a one of the biggest shows of wrestlemania weekend how dare they just get to swoop in and and get this they're just like some backyard guys doing this stuff in walmart here's the thing one way or another these guys got over and they made a name for themselves. <laughs> and in this day and age, that does, that will get you further than a lot of damn stuff will. You know, now the flip side of that is, it probably means these guys aren't going to stick around that long. Because once you do this, as we saw with uh, Superhuman last year, mm-hmm. it's once you do it, once you get this viral <laughs> hit, you got to keep coming up with a way to keep that momentum going. So it's very fleeting. So these guys might, yeah, I think I can complete the WrestleMania appearance and that's cool. I think, I think that's awesome. The thing is, what is that actually going to get parlayed into after this? Well, that's the real question. So then we well, get Mania weekend. It's fine. It's no big deal. Cause in the end, day after Mania, these guys might be forgotten about for all we know. Yeah, so, uh, so, so, so here's my thing about that is all I'm saying. Most, most people, when they got,
1: when they go viral, it is their five seconds of glory. It, Mm-hmm. It's rarely so often that it actually turns into something genuinely authentic. Sure, this is going to put some eyes on them. Sure, if they actually do want to be wrestlers, they you know there will be an opportunity for them to get trained. But it's you know ultimately, you know that's for them to determine what they want to do after this. Here's my thing about this: for anybody that's mad about them getting the spot, um, first of all, when you when you talk about where these guys and how they got known and, and, or even this went viral sounds very reminiscent to Joey Janela's start of, you know, backyard wrestling, doing crazy things. So him giving him, him giving him a chance. It just seems like it makes sense just from a personal aspect. But however, even if it didn't, I'm not sure if anybody or or people just quickly forgot, but if I remember last year, you know, Joey Janela's spring break three, there was this match where I believe Invisible Man versus mm-hmm. Invisible Stan got booked. Very right. So we do know that there is a reputation for these Joey Janelle spring breaks to be completely haywire, bonkers, and complete ludicrous for all it's worth. This writes itself. It is an automatic make sense of how this is happening. Legitimate wrestlers get mad because they don't got a prominent spot on this. I, I don't see how this correlates, you know? It's like saying you won't work a hardcore match, but you want to be on blood sport. it's just it's just not your thing this 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 type of show and this promotion, it has this niche, and this they fit the niche perfectly. And for everything that's going to be trying to run that weekend serious matter of fact, all the most of the other shows on the collective that got this serious tone to it, it is cool for something to be continuously fun. It's just outrageously crazy at times. And for these two guys, it just makes sense for me. I have zero clue why anybody, especially fans, get mad. I, I just don't understand. Like, knowing it, I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. Good for these guys. It makes sense. I'm pretty sure it's going to have a, a really good time. And sure, they're not going to have them going out there doing nothing crazy. I'm sure they're going to have talk by the veterans and even Jerry him, himself to make sure that, you know, they do in the realm of what they can do and not to resort too much because like you said they're already over what else do they got to do at this point as far as this show so uh, yeah but Jamal what's your thoughts on it
2: Um, so if you want to know why fans are mad let me tell you why because number one they're not wrestlers there's a reason why there's a disclaimer on WWE programming that says please leave this to the professionals do not try this at home Okay, loophole. Let's try it in the aisle of Walmart. No, <laughs> that's not how it works. All it takes is for one frog splash into a dumpster, or one <laughs> Panama sunrise off of a shopping cart, or one power driver onto a, a linoleum floor to, for something to go horribly wrong. The guys that do it day in and day out 300 days a year still have things go wrong for no reason. I mean... Whether it's tearing both your quads just getting into the ring or having your neck snap by being thrown into the turnbuckle, these things, injuries do happen. They are real and they do vary. So a bunch of guys going into a Walmart and number one, we're a store of security. But a bunch of guys going into a Walmart and doing high risk, stupid, dangerous moves for clout is the opposite message that we should be sending to the more impressionable read stupid RP members of the audience that are going to see these guys and copy these guys and jackass their way into the hospital. So until we get Medicare for All, I don't want to see untrained rubes going into the middle of the, uh, of the public domain and doing high-risk, dangerous spots because they saw some of the wrestling on the TV. Duh. Stay your ass home or sit in the crowd with the fans. Maybe upcharge for a VIP backstage pass. But in no re- there's no reason, no reason on earth why anybody that's not trained should go do the most dangerous spots that you can do onto stuff for the gram. Fuck out of here.
1: You know, before the gram, it was just, you know, VHS and we're in the backyard. So. And that
2: shit was stupid then.
1: Oh, and, and I'm, not, I'm definitely not sitting here condoning like, hey, these guys are doing the most beneficial way to get... To, to get booked, but yet here we are, and this is what's happening in this A and A. But again, you know what you're getting when you are going to this show. You it, for four years now, you know Spring Breaks are going to be completely crazy and off the rails, and it just makes sense. And again, even even for what the Spring Break Spring Breaks have been uh, through this to this point, they still are in a, in the eye of saying like, hey, we're going to do crazy stuff and risk everybody more and more and more. I'm sure there's going to be conversations, talk training, semi-training, shall I say, to make sure that these guys are in a safe spot. Why would you do that? Why would I? Because any other time they have done, um, uh, any other time uh, spring breaks has happened, no one has came came out of them being
2: drastically hurt or so forth. You know what I mean? So Even if they got lucky doesn't mean that, that they've actually safeguarded against stupidity. Right. These but what guys are that? doing is stupid and dangerous.
1: Yeah, but I'm not saying they're gonna put these guys in another Walmart and say, "Hey, we need you to do that again." These guys, are they bad. would. You know, that's they, the thing. That's not how that works. That's not how that works. They done made a name for themselves for what they did. Barrow. They don't have to come into there and do the same thing. Superhuman. They had him in a at uh, a promotion. They didn't have him jumping off anything. He
2: got I don't in the know crowd. Who's what is what
1: is his deal? Is he's another viral person that does wrestling stuff in his backyard? That's completely crazy. But when they put him in the promotion, he got in the, he got in the uh, ring. He did his chant and then he uh tackled somebody through a table. It was as safe as it could have been. The person mm-hmm. that was that that took the the spot was a clear professional, executed in the way it is. It worked because you knew who the one person was and you knew. Uh, and, and and they knew what they needed to do. I could see the same thing happening with these two guys. Them getting up there and they're working somebody, and let it be a light bulb over Jory Janella or a chair or whatever it may be. They'll protect these guys in the matter that they're just the name on the show, but not actually working a full match. I, I hope you I,
2: Jack's there. Yeah, so,
1: <laughs> 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 so you know we'll we'll, we'll see, but I, I again I can't I I. I is this gonna? Be, I I just don't have to see how people could get mad because of yeah
0: I can't I can't support that. Can I throw oh, my man. two cents in on this one, please? Go
2: ahead.
0: Okay, so two James, you were there with me at the Battle are, Club show. Who are you
2: by
1: the way?
0: Oh, by the way, everybody, this is Damon G. Uh, thanks for having me back on. Uh, two James, you and I were at the Battle Club Pro Show where oh, Sir Wilkins of the Jobber Tears podcast, who is barely a trained professional, was scheduled to wrestle one Darius Carter, and then there was a big uproar, and what wound up happening was he got his ass kicked before the ma- his scheduled match as a way to kind of put the wool over someone's eyes. So if Janelle is in his mindset of, you know what, like you said, it's a name, I wouldn't be surprised if these dudes get Spanish-flied backstage, air quotes, and they don't even make the card, or they take the safe route and just do some intermission type nonsense where they just do some some weird acrobatic grammable thing and then they're off the card. I think the, <laughs> I think the biggest complaint that a lot of people have is potentially these dudes might be getting paid for acting the fool at Walmart. And I think a lot of old school <laughs> wrestling fans and, and and wrestlers in general are kind of saying, wait a minute. You got these two jabrones over here taking spots from someone and they're probably going to get probably about 20 bucks just the the notoriety just the fact that they're going to be in a prominence pay-per-view or or, or event um, but if memory serves me correct and I know he's a trained wrestler and he's in, he's an AEW now but Marco Stunt got put on because of spring break so maybe these dudes get stomped out and they use it to parlay into something else professionally you never know but I'm not really broken up about it. Do I think they're stupid and foolish? Like, Jamal, yeah. I think they're, they're idiotic. <laughs> I, think, I think where the hell's mall security or Walmart security? And if I see them cats coming to my store, me, nope, got to go. Ha- let
1: me ask y'all a question. Where the hell have y'all ever seen Walmart security?
0: In Texas, at the we have door. Walmart security.
3: <laughs> oh, right, yeah, well, you you, only, you only see him at the door when you're leaving, checking your receipt. <laughs> I'm about it. to say, because I done... No, I done that's done an old t-
0: guy near Merle. That's I, not security. Uh, I, was, I was
1: about to say, I didn't seen some crazy Black Friday things happening at Walmart with zero <laughs> fucks given by everybody. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, I mean, that's,
2: that's different, because there really aren't many fucks on Black Friday when it's midnight. But, yeah, <laughs> no, we got, we got at the one up the street from me that we have plain clothes uh, security we got jump out there it's a, it's a whole thing they got a division <laughs> they got a whole division of, of Walmart uh, security uh, I'm but you know I'm
1: gonna wrap this topic up really quick first thing i'm gonna say is anybody that's working any show no matter what they do they should get paid so I mean we don't want to go back down that road of people not getting paid because we know how that end up being the demise of a promotion so if you're going to be on that show you might want to pay them people regardless because they're a draw uh, or an act or wherever you want to consider it so Yes, they should get paid regardless. And if you didn't you're not getting a piece of that check, then okay, then reevaluate your, your 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 criteria. Make yourself marketable. You don't have to do it the stupid way, but hey, in the 2020, and especially for the ground, people do anything to get attention. So figure out your prerogatives, however, you gotta to do to, to make it happen. But um, yeah, also uh if I recollect correctly. Um, I believe there was another dude who jumped off of a mall uh, balcony. Oh man,
3: listen—the guy, the guy who was on Circle Squared. Uh huh. Luke,
1: Luke Hawks kid. Hmm. Interesting how that works, right? Is double standard or nah?
2: Well, he was an actual wrestler, a wrestler. in a wrestling match
1: the, the at a mall. mall. The spot was absolutely bonkers and crazy. I don't that, think that's, no, that's
2: irrelevant of the point that he was an actual wrestler in no, a no. match
1: uh, I thought the, the, the question was if doing crazy things to get notarized was no no was the question
2: was whether or not it's, it's noteworthy because they're not actual trained wrestlers oh. that's I don't like, again if you want to take light tubes in your ass I don't care you're a trained oh. wrestler that's what you choose to do that's fine that's what you sign up for that's, what, that's what's on the d- dotted line do that light tubes in the ass match get it. the book it's only gone <laughs> <laughs> However, if you're some jobber from you know West Texas, you know doing Spanish flies off of a uh, you know Walmart display shelf into a bed of nails, then that's stupid, and you're doing it for clout. And we're rewarding that stuff by putting these assholes on shows because they're doing stupid things for clout.
1: I don't, so it, I, I don't, I don't go, I don't go that far as in saying we're rewarding them.
2: We it, are. It is. We are being rewarded.
1: It, it, no, it's not like you're sitting here saying, oh, they're the best, best, best professional. That's that's the, no,
2: that, that's it, not the reward. The reward is the fact that they are now a featured thing. They went, they've moved from the gram to real life. They moved from TikTok or whatever the hell. Social tout.
1: media, man. Social media. I mean. No. It's just, it's just the
2: time. stupid in
1: public. I, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, for what you professional wrestlers. Agree. Well, no, I'm saying for what professional wrestling is, I'm saying that the the jumping off the top of the, the balcony or doing whatever you're doing at Walmart is stupid. But in 2020 and, and even last year period, it seems like if you do something that gets viral, that puts, you know, eyes on it or a million views, whatever it may be, it is rewarded because you done you done made an attraction of yourself. You got yourself over and you literally just disagree with yourself. No, I'm not. Hey, let's hear me out. What they did for the views was not smart. But in 2020, that's what happens. When you go viral, no matter the means of, the, of, of what it was, it does reward. And that's just what it is, period. So it happens in everything right now, whether it be music, whether it be, you know, any type of altercations, whatever it may be people are getting rewarded because of not of exactly what they're doing, but because of the fact that it got, it, it made you an act. It made you a draw. So you tell that. that there
2: is, you tell me that there's an actual comparison to some busker singing at a bus station and some guy doing a Spanish fly into a you know, guardrail at a Walmart for the shits Giggles? You're telling me that the physical and, and you know, damage is the same thing as a person singing the no, blues? I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying,
1: i I'm saying the idea that we're rewarding them is a bad thing. I don't. I don't but think that's a fair. The inherent assessment.
2: danger to the body is the is the problem that people have an issue with. Nobody would give a shit if he's saying you know uh, you know nah, ballet.
1: The 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 problem is people are mad because they didn't get booked and they're no not that that's
2: that's that's dumb. And if anybody's saying that that, that they're not getting put not over, then they're that. dumb.
1: Hey, yeah, I definitely got to start screenshotting some things. But that's definitely what I was reading a, a little bit earlier. People are saying like. Why would they take a potential spot for somebody else and give it to these guys because of what they did? And it's just like okay. this is spring okay. break. This is where the craziest stick happened. It doesn't mean that it was smart or anything, but it is with it. Yeah, then let's 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 definitely move on to our next topic. Because we got two big ones we need to really cover real quick. Um, so first off, really fast, um I am truly I I I'm actually excited to talk about this. So Matt Hardy is back on the market. He done came out. Uh, with a YouTube, well he's been had a YouTube channel but he's kind of like marketing it a little bit different he's having, uh, he has the free to delete which I'm, I'm a little bit confused about, but we'll talk about in a second and then he has conversations from the throne I believe it's called, uh, conversations from the throne are absolutely more personable, out of character free to delete, is his uh, typical uh, antics that he's been putting on uh, since his impact days but now that he is a free agent, he made it very clear, effective of, of this uh, Tuesday that just passed. Um, he is the newest and hottest free agent on the market. Guys, we've had this conversation a long time ago with the Hardy Boys, what the Hardy Boys did, why they were on the Indies was something truly special. But now, considering age, wear and tear, and even the ideal of, of you know, potentially where they went the first time about what they could have did not fully working. Where do you see this guy going now? How and why does this work? And I am going to, uh, Damien, since you just jumped on the show, I'll give it to you.
0: Okay, first off, I actually don't give a rat's behind where Matt winds up. Let me just... (laughs) Because if we're talking about he's the next hottest thing, that's pretty damn sad. (laughs) Um where i feel here's a surprise we're talking about AEW potentially being a landing spot for him we're talking about you know him going to japan i know we clown him all the time but would you be surprised if he went to ring of honor because i wouldn't if he went in there and said booking privileges make my own schedule and i get to keep whatever gimmick i want Why wouldn't he want to go someplace where he has all the shots? He's got that Mm. cachet. I don't know if he gets that in AEW. I don't know if he gets that going back to Impact. I think the only logical place where if he wants to call all his shots is Ring of Honor, even though, like he admitted, no one can find where it's located. No one can find where it's playing. But you know what? Money talks and creativity also is, is a positive. So I think that's, if I'm Matt, I compare all. uh, Here's another one. Maybe maybe uh, NWA Powah is another place where he can go, because I feel like the weird Carney gimmick of NWA in general would fit well with the broken character. I don't know if the crowd would understand it, but I think it'll be fun to watch.
1: hmm. Hey, I throw you something at that real quick. North Carolina is not a short. Excuse me, is a very uh, very comparable trip for him to make uh, for those recordings. So, mm-hmm. and he has a new kid. Go ahead, Will.
3: Yeah, I, I, I really like the idea that Damien just rolled down about a uh, Ring of Honor. What I like about that idea is that, like he just said, is I think that's the one place where Matt Hardy would have the stroke and be in the position where he could write his own ticket. If he's very concerned about creative power and being able to do what he wants to do and not having people in his way and people telling him what to do, if he wants creative freedom, that's probably where he's going to get the most of it. And they'd probably just be able to be like, look, what what, what are you interested in doing? Because we're just so happy to have you here because we need all the help we can get. Now, from the flip side of that, Everyone, you know, I think the, the betting line is, oh, he's going to AEW. He's probably going to be part of the Dark Order, or maybe they do something else with him. Hope, in my mind, hopefully, if he does go to AEW, don't put him in the Dark Order. Do something else, because that's just too damn obvious at this point. <laughs> but if he goes to AEW, it would have to be, knowing this, that by no means is he going to be a top guy there? By no means is he going to be in a position where he's going to be able to do whatever he wants. He will probably have some creative freedom, but there's also definitely people there that are higher on the totem pole than him that would be telling him no, depending what he wants to do. So I'm sure if he goes there, it's going to be in a very specific Way and I'm sure they're probably discussing with him a very specific role for him or ideas for what they would want him to do. So the idea of Ring of Honor, I think it's not as far fetched as it might seem because hell, he'd probably be able to do whatever the hell he wanted there. It's just a matter of probably of money and time and how much he wants to be on the road and and what 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 goals he wants to meet with this whole deal. He's saying he wants creative freedom and that's great. It's just a matter of, okay, there's also financial aspects to think of. So you balance the money, you balance the creative freedom, you balance how much you have to be on the road away from your family and stuff like that. And what they'd want you to do on the job. It's all a matter of how that all shakes out for him. But I, the more I think about that ring of honor idea isn't absolutely, I think out of the realm of possibility at all.
2: Go ahead, Jamal. I think he should actually just become a free agent. I really like the mold that Jeff Cobb has set, where he he obviously not just goes wherever he wants, but within reason. And that, you know, dates are dates. It doesn't really matter what company it's for. It doesn't really matter, you know, what side of the planet it's for. Um, The long and short of it is, is that Jeff Cobb just has a date. And I think I kind of want to see that from Hardy. Not because... We need him immediately on TV. We need him joining the Dark Order or starting a new thing in Impact or, um, you know, the Expedition of Gold and, and all that good stuff. I, I really think that it's largely because if he's gonna go out there and and wrestle and and do a thing, I think being on the indie circuit may make it just a little bit more special because of the way the AEW tells stories where some people are on for three months and then off for three months, the way Impact tells stories where they tape a show a month in advance and uh, Ring of Honor and uh, Power does the same thing. I think on the indie circuit, it gives him the actual creative freedom, true creative freedom, because you don't know where he's going to pop up. You don't know if he's going to show up in a PWG show. You don't know if he's going to show up at a battle club or or if he's going to show up at Smash and then work an AEW um, you know event and then work another uh, event for Impact. Honestly, Matt Hardy could be the center of his own you know, MCU-like year, where he is the linchpin that brings together New Japan and Power and AEW and the bigger indies and stuff. And I think that that's a really interesting you know, concept, especially if he's trying to create this, whatever world that he's trying to create that he says he's he's working on, but... Uh, and of course, with that comes the baggage. Uh, Rebe is baggage. <laughs> oh! Heavy baggage. So, right. Ticking time bomb. <laughs> and then, you know, Jeff is also baggage. So, uh, you know, he says, and he's been saying that he only has a few more years left. He wants to kind of be done at 45 or so, and that's coming up sooner than later, and that's fine. But now it's kind of like, well, what does that mean? Does that mean it's on a sign of the three-year deal with, uh, with uh, you know, any one televised um, place? Does it mean sign you know just working as many or as little indie dates as you want? I think if he really wants true creative freedom, uh, the independent circuit may be the best deal for him. And then, of course, television will always be there for him. At least I hope so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, uh, again, for me, it's just, you know, he put a lot of emphasis on wanting to create and innovate. And um, he obviously made it clear that WWE didn't give him the full control that he wanted. Uh, but I like I said in the beginning, I really like what they did last time on the Indies, and they worked all... They, they went and got all the gold that they could, from you know, smaller mm-hmm. promotions to Ring of Honor to Impact. They did their thing. It was, it was interesting to watch, but seemingly that they don't really... He doesn't seem like he has this idea of wanting to wrestle a lot. Uh, could he be transitioning to a very, very light role and a manager role? So... I as of right now I can't really think of somebody who fits under him well. I mean, I, I the Dark Order thing seems so much like the gimme route to go, but there's no buy into that because um, you know, he's known for his tag team wrestling and uh you know, if Jeff eventually comes over or does that, I mean it just turns into anything they could have did anywhere else. And I don't think we want, you know, uh the the hardies versus scu and 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 um and the bucks each and every week so i like the idea of them just floating around taking on the best tag teams from all over and just you know letting their letting their youtube thing be the real focal point of their self stories and and letting them create individually in each promotion so um I'm with that for right now. And I think that's the best way to just keep him happy because, you know, when he's his own boss, then,
0: you know, I'm not asking
1: anybody. So I think that's the way to go.
0: We'll uh, do but... whatever Rebby wants him to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I've seen her like, say anything recently. She's still up to her same stuff.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Supposedly, she's making all the videos now, she's but she's producing them and, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, one other thing to note, real quick, since since while we while we wrap this this part of the convo up, um, WWE made real sure that they uh, put Jeff Hardy on backstage this week to make it very clear that Jeff Hardy is not a free agent, and Jeff Hardy is very <laughs> much still in WWE. <laughs> so it is yeah. Matt Hardy that is a free agent, and not Jeff Hardy. And how long that will stay the case, who knows? But for the time being, it, we are only talking about Matt here.
1: that's funny didn't even pick up on that Um, but anyway let's go to our last topic now so um, so okay with Mm AEW do you kind of look at this as a double standard because as of last or this week in Dynamite um, Jake the Snake Roberts uh, made an appearance and apparently he is signed in some way shape or form but it seems like AEW is employing a lot of nostalgia acts, but don't actually get the criticism that other promotions, i.e. WWE, gets. Is this due to a bias or is it just something else? And I, and I guess to like put a little bit more substance on something else, would you say is it because of the way that they're booking these nostalgia acts or are we just giving them ultimately a pass because it's AEW? Um, Jamal, go ahead and jump in there first.
2: Well, I think um, I think it is a bias. I think that a lot of people in the way they frame their opinions, especially on social media, is from a position of bias. Uh, my interest is better than your interest and you're stupid for liking what you like. <laughs> um, that's a lot of what so the social media arguments are. No real substance there. Just yelling opinions from the mountaintop. And I do think that You know, AEW has done some WWE-like moves and haven't really gotten a flag for it. However, if it works, then what's the problem? I don't think that anybody is genuinely uh, mad at Goldberg, the person, the taxpayer. They're mad at Vince for bringing in Goldberg instead of building stars. Because there's so many people on the WWE roster they you know, gave Goldberg and The Fiend that spot to close uh, the Saudi Arabia show in your house. And instead of doing, building another, arguably better storyline, Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend probably should have been the, the finish to that story, even though Bryan wouldn't have gone to Saudi Arabia. That's a different problem. But still, we didn't need Goldberg there. We don't need Goldberg as the champion. And we definitely don't need uh, Goldberg as the champion just to hand it off to Roman Reigns, which is what they wanted to do anyway. So... I think there's a lot of context that doesn't get uh, conveyed when people just yell things on social media. And I do think that it is uh, a bit of the, you know, the AEW is everyone's new shiny toy. So I see a lot of the Impact stands digging in deep where, you know, Impact, AEW does a thing that Impact did a couple years ago and they're stealing the stuff. Um, But then again, um, NXT had two cage matches uh, for no reason. On, on their show this week. As a big thing. Because they're totally not counter programming. And it's definitely not a war on Wednesdays. So I think that there's a lot of context. That's missing. And there's a lot of blame uh, to go around. But I can't inherently say. That there is a bias. When you're using. Um, an older character. Not necessarily for a nostalgia pop. But actually. Involving them in meaningful storylines. Versus using Goldberg as a scapegoat to give Roman Reigns the title. It's very, you know, these are two very different scenarios, you know? Absolutely. Go ahead and jump in there, Damien.
0: Nostalgia in wrestling, and, and, and most things, even on like autograph tours, are a really good marketing tool to bring in and bridge gaps of, of all different types of fans. So for AEW, for instance, you know, we have Dustin Reynolds who still could, you know, work a five-star match even at his advanced age, we have dead, dead bod Jericho still working his Judas Effect, his, his new life crisis, effectively as the top heel. I don't care what people say about MJF. Jericho is the top heel in, in AEW. That's okay because they can still work. If you're bringing in someone like Jake the Snake who can't really work but still can talk because that was his biggest calling card, the DDT notwithstanding... That's useful. Having Arn Anderson, that's not really useful standing in there and trying to be Cody's benefactor or whatever. Tully's not doing anything for Sean Spears. But it bridges a gap between, hey, all these guys used to be on the Four Horsemen. Hey, these guys were in WWE. All us old farts out there who used to watch WWF. are thinking, wow, I get to see people who I saw growing up. Now they're in this mentoring role for the most part to this young talent. I think that's a great way to, to market that. Conversely, WWE, as Jamal said, using Goldberg as a prop to give the title to Roman Reigns. Look, I think they painted themselves into a corner with The Fiend. We've said on this show he didn't need a title in the first place. The Fiend doesn't go up after titles. He just causes destruction. And now we have a five-minute spear versus spear match at Mania. AEW gets a pass from a lot of people because it's new and because the old fogies that they have on are people that a lot of the fan base wants to see. Nobody wants to see Taker anymore for the most part. People don't want to see Goldberg struggle to get Bray up in a jackhammer, but people will tune in to watch Dustin Rhodes work a pretty damn decent match against stiff man Jack Hager. Jake Hager, I tune in for that. That's why they're getting a pass. It's because arguably these are people that the fans want to see versus this this perceived notion of, well, we're being forced to deal with Goldberg. We're being forced to deal with Old Man X. That's how I think it's going. I don't really have a problem with it either way. It's just a good marketing tool to bring in more viewers. That's all.
3: All right, Will. Yeah, that... that 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 really about sums it up. I think as far as getting a pass goes, there's from the jump we've talked about this. There's there's the ant there's with the AEW fan base. So much of it is based around uh, anti WWE sentiment, and from the beginning, I mean heck, even today it has not changed in the respect that people still want to you know frame AEW as this company that isn't doing what WWE does and it doesn't do the stupid stuff that a WWE does and it doesn't force the same ideas that WWE does that it's completely different and as we've talked about a lot on this show in a lot of ways it's not really the case and I think there's a lot of an aew fan base I think there's a lot of like willful deniability where they just will look the other way on a lot of that. Stuff when it happens with just the idea like well, well it do, it doesn't matter they will they'll, they'll convince themselves that it's different than WWE when it not necessarily really is it's a lot of the same stuff. So, I mean heck the best darn example I can think of who are your first two AEW champions uh, ex WWE guys you got Jericho now you got Moxley and they'll claim it it's not the same they're different they they were being wasted there it's it's not the same deal it's like there's still two guys that are principally known and made their fame from runs in WWE. You know, they're not homegrown AEW guys. So whether it's using legends on the underneath the card, whether it's Goldust, whether it's Jake Roberts, whether it's Tully Planchard, it's, they're going to use whatever they can use to try to draw an audience. I mean, that, that's the big thing. is AEW's audience is very stagnant. They have an audience, but how do they grow it? And so I can get this idea of like, oh, let's bring in some old guys. Maybe we can get some of these older folks to tune in because the NXT audience on Wednesday skews old. So maybe that's what they're thinking. Is if maybe we can get some people to flip over and be like, hey, Jake, Jake the Snakes on a, uh, on TNT. What the heck's going on here? <laughs> maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But <laughs> it worked this it's... week. Well, how much of it though? This week though was it's the week right after. The... It's the first show right after the pay per view. You know, I I don't know how much do you attribute it to Jake Roberts? I haven't seen like quarter numbers to know if like the Jake segment did particularly well. The number was up, though, that's for sure. But, you know, uh, how compared to WWE, usually the first show after a pay-per-view is a larger than normal number. So I don't I don't know it it is what it is the people who who aren't you know the people who think AEW is like the coolest shiny new toy that they will twist it in any possible way to be like no this isn't like WWE this is nothing like what WWE would do it's like ah uh, it's wrestling it ain't that darn different <laughs> you know that's all, my thought all I know is that WWE
1: and Superstar Showdown had three old timers Undertaker Goldberg and who am I missing? Somebody mentioned them earlier. It was somebody else. Doesn't matter. However, if you really want to impress the royal family, double down and bring more of the motherfuckers in. Next you know, <laughs> won't be long before AEW is in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> oh, God. Running an all all legends show, and the royal family will lose their shit because they're going to be like, man, I never thought this is possible. So... Bring them in, buddy. So, <laughs> could you imagine Jake the Snake back in the ring for one final match
2: against? No, I, I cannot imagine that. I literally cannot imagine that. Why would anybody want that?
1: <laughs> I mean, MJF versus Jake the Snake. The Saudi family needs it right now. So, oh god. <laughs> the D- DDP just <laughs> one more time in the ring versus versus Cody, the real heel turn. Like, no, nah, but seriously, um. Uh, I, I, I guess at this point, anything to get viewers, no matter what, I, I mean, do they have a niche? Would you say AEW has like a certain niche right now besides this anti-WWE fan
2: base? Yeah, uh, they absolutely do. I mean, AEW has been, and rightfully so, targeted the lapsed fan. Targeting fans that are uh, not necessarily, uh, that are fans of wrestling, but not necessarily of WWE. Uh, people that are fans of, of casual fans of wrestling. And they don't want to go to, through the lens to find Impact or to find Ring of Honor or watch you know, shows over the internet like N.W.A. Power. Um, so these are the people that are pretty dead set in their habits. And their habits are to have your giant remote next to your balker lounger and watching cable television, as you've yeah. done for the past 40 years. Um, because if, if that were the case, then N.W.A.'s numbers would be bigger. Uh, On YouTube, their views will be higher. They're not. Uh, You know, Impact's numbers will be better on cable. They're not. Uh, And and Twitch numbers will be better. And that's what it is. I mean, like, the 35 and older crowd that have grown up with watching wrestling on a grainy black and white TV, then barely a grainy color TV, are probably not going to want to find things outside of their traditional
1: cable package yeah fair fair enough i'm I'm just saying like ultimately like again it still really much sounds like the people who are looking for convenience and watching wrestling product or just anti-wwe but nonetheless like styling wise what would you say AEW's uh um niche would it be that's where i was kind of going at but
2: But, that that is the style though the style is anti-wwe for the fans of wrestling that that are now, that are tired of WWE,
1: okay, yeah, fine. That's like, let John Moxley's
2: yeah. promo, as soon as he opened the show, was uh, he emphasized the words "professional wrestling," yeah. which is something mm-hmm. that WWE has tried to get away from for the past you know decade. So yeah, you know, that's what it is, and and the word "professional wrestling" on TV has gotten a pop because of the context of not you know, shying away from that type of language. So. They know exactly who they're trying to talk to. Uh, you're reaching them outside of the TNT, Warner Media bubble is their biggest issue.
1: Yeah. Yeah, fair and enough.
2: That's,
1: yeah, that's what it is. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm definitely in agreement with you about I that. think
0: potentially when we're talking about what their niche could be, you know, you take someone like the Dark Order, you take someone like Darby Allin, Luchasaurus. These are the, the, the misfit toys, almost of professional wrestling. And you can make them household names under your banner because they would never, in a million years, got a sniff at WWE. Going back to what Jamal said about being counterintuitive to WWE, but I think if you take these, this "island of misfit toys" mantra and use those as your up-and-coming stars or even your future stars, I think that could be their niche, circa ECW back in like the, the '90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you look at the That's
3: way that a good, you good comparison. Get-
2: you look at the way they style themselves. The first thing was, well, the show's going to be rated TV-14. People went, oh, uh-oh, that's going to be, that's a big deal. It's not, but it is. Mm-hmm. But it's not. And then, like, you look at these, you know, people, you can draw comparisons and parallels to everyone. Uh, whether it's Jon Moxley. Well, what did he do last year as Dean Ambrose? And that run ending. And then the videos that came out about him breaking out of prison and the metaphors and stuff they're in. And then there was, you know, guys like Jericho, who just continues to reinvent and reinvent and reinvent. So even though he is 50, uh, you know, his character is just as fresh as it was uh, when he was three characters ago. So, you know, guys like Pac, he doesn't have a cape anymore and he's not, you know, a 205 live champion. I mean, so there are some definite things where they're giving people a little bit, I don't want to say edge on purpose, but they're giving them a little bit more um, realism, genuine feel, Not, not even realism because it's wrestling. But, you know, because I don't think that, you know, Pac is actually a bastard. And I don't think that um, Jericho wears those gaudy uh, suits and stuff like that. Oh, realism but, um, in, the,
1: in the sense of who they want to be.
2: Uh, well, there, there's a little bit more truth in their character.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, right. right. So I, I think that that may be the case. And a little bit more vision, a little bit more insight from the wrestlers themselves than, than saying, like, hey, well, this one guy uh, needs to appease the corporate sponsor. So th- you need to put on this damn cape and get out there and shake it. You know, that, that's not what AEW is doing right now they're allowing the, the toys to be toys um, but I don't think they're necessarily misfit toys because I, I just think that WWE has a style it is what it is if you don't fit that style don't play for that team AEW is just a different team in the same league that's all it's the West Coast offense that they're running
1: yeah also really quick uh, this, we're going to wrap the show up really fast but I was just looking at spring break tickets really quick and if you do get that, well, if you did already get that luxury box limited set for $350 plus $22, t- $22 fee, get exclusive VIP section, which includes private elevated seating with special guests, complimentary white clothes, catering. <laughs> no. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's, it, that's all I got for you. That's, that's all. <laughs> no. It's so funny how white claws has become a staple within the wrestling community, but um, who decided that and why? Um, also, I when I the last time I had white claws, it probably took me around ten to feel anything. So what? Uh, I I guess if that's what people think is and whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, we're over our time, but quickly, guys. Anything else you want to make sure we cover really quick before we get out of here? Happy birthday, Jordan Grace. Yeah, happy birthday, Jordan Grace. Uh, fellas?
0: Personally, I I said it before on social media, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte is probably the most intriguing title match in WrestleMania this year. Uh, the fact that Brock told Drew to pick up the belt, and I had to listen to it about five or six times to fully hear him, uh, for me shows Brock knows exactly what he's doing. So everyone who complains about Brock Lesnar, yeah, hate the stop contract.
3: To stop it, but yeah. stop it. Yeah, he knows what he's mm. doing. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, uh, the the problem has. I'll 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 add in on it. The problem's never been Brock. It's been that Brock has always. Well, I, I should change. It. I was about to say it's it's Vince giving in to his demands, but where it's always come down to is this: we forget that Brock has got all this damn money that he made in UFC. And Brock has very much always been in a position where he is quite comfortable saying no. That's all it really comes down to. He's not your typical wrestler where it's like, I need this gig. I need this contract. He's like, I I can take it or leave it. I'll I'll take the big money if I can get it. But I'm not just going to roll over and do whatever the hell you want. So when Brock's motivated, when Brock's interested in doing something... He, he, he's, he knows what the hell he's doing. He, he's a pro, and like you said, the whole damn thing with him, coaching Drew through uh, picking up the belt, make the segment look good, put yourself over while I'm laying here on the ground. It's like he, he knows what's going on. He knows what's going on. Speaking of when someone's motivated, our man Randall Orton. <laughs> he's talking about the big matches at Mania <laughs> and the big segment this week. I'll, I'll just end it with this since we were, I was talking about this earlier this week on, on the social media and a lot of people were going around about which of these matches should close the show, which of these matches is the biggest match at WrestleMania. As far as the most personal match, the match with the most involved backstory, the most the match with the most emotional investment at this point, if you're asking me today, five weeks out from WrestleMania, It's Edge and Randy Orton by a country mile, and there might not be no title on the line, but that's the biggest match they have right now for that show. So I'm very curious to see how that changes over the course of the next month. But as far as the hottest matchup, as far as the story, as far as the crowd being invested, when Randy put that RKO on Beth Phoenix, that took it to a whole nother level, and folks are into that match. And I can't say that about a lot much else on the card right now. So kudos to Randy Orton because that man is – he is dialed in on this damn angle. So I'll give him that. Can
0: we ask the question before we go if he's under or overrated?
1: uh Huh? He's definitely not underrated. It depends is who he, you're talking to.
0: Well, okay, us. Like do we honestly think yeah. Randy Orton, the, the vastness of his career – is he properly mm. in the echelon, under, or overrated? It's exactly
1: where he deserves to be. One of the highest paid people in WWE, always a prominent role in, in adequate television time. And when it's all said and done, they, it will go without a doubt that he was one of the best to do it. So I wouldn't say underrated or overrated. He's exactly who I think he is. Mm. Randy Orton's a B-plus think- player.
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm cool that's, with that. I'm definitely I cool think with that. Very fair, actually. Yeah, Randy, I think it's very fair because in, re- in the respect that when Randy isn't into something, he's just going to coast. Yes. And I think there's a th- and I think a big part of Randy, or a people, a lot of people say he's boring and all this. I think Randy, when it comes right down to it, is so damn good that he doesn't have to get out of like second gear to get by. But when he wants to. When he wants to take it to that next level, like he's currently doing, like these promos to build this edge thing have just been insane and just the way he's pacing everything, it's just nuts. Like he's at that top level right now that you don't see from him that often. Now, when I mentioned earlier about, you know, it depends who you're asking. Here here's the flip side of that why I wanted to mention is that whenever I hear wrestlers asked. About you know who, who who's the who who's the best person or who who do you really like working with and all this and inevitably I always hear Orton's name brought up all the time as one of the best mm-hmm. guys there as far as like to actually work with in the ring that he's just smooth as can be and that's why I was mentioning earlier I think it comes so easy to him that a lot of times it seems like he's not even trying that he's just just smooth as silk just consistent and it can come across as boring because. Maybe he's just that damn good. I don't know. <laughs> he's a he's a big
1: draw for people coming out of the coming into WWE. Everybody who any big marketable name that's coming into has always mentioned the fact of wanting to work Randy Orton. And quickly I'll wrap this up too. When you talk about Brock and his money, Brock is still within the top ten of highest paid UFC uh, fighters of all time. Wow. That's that's remarkable when you think about some of the best people to ever to ever do it. I mean, Connor it's obviously number one, but you think about the likes of like people like GSP and Anderson Silver.
3: Yeah.
1: And, and, well Ronda, yeah. Did Daniel uh uh Cormier Victor, Victor Belfort? Like for Brock to be in that name with a very, very small career or short career, should I say? It's impressive. So you're, you're right. He's he definitely well it comes uh, down to
3: this, you gotta remember brock went there as a name so yep. every fight he had was a big money fight sure he damn. never ha- had to come up from the day he showed up it was big money because yeah, he was brock lesnar yeah yep. but oh uh, yeah that'll do it for the week on this
1: on the podcast Um, uh, we'll be back next week obviously with our same old uh, jam so um for episode 260 we're signing out we'll catch you guys back next week so what I really need